Alright, welcome to another episode of the Scripting Dan podcast. As usual, I'm Fernando, and today I'll be sharing three different non-coding skills that should or will actually set you apart as a developer. I know, sounds weird, but you know, as developers, everyone gets technical. So one good way to stand out from the crowd is to focus on the non-technical skills and to develop those. Um, your manager will definitely love you for that, I promise you. So the first one is time management and prioritization. Uh, These are two tasks that can make you shine both when working remotely or in the office. Either way, having the ability to correctly manage your time without having your manager actually micromanage every step of the way, every day, uh, that you're in the office working is definitely a plus. And how how can you do this? So one of the things is um, understanding priorities for your project requires you to care about your task, essentially. What I'm trying to say here is that for you to shine, essentially, you need to care about the project's well-being, just like your lead or your manager do. If you look at the overall state of pending work and listen to other people's updates during the daily meetings and so on, you can start gathering details about missing deadlines, emerging problems, and even unexpected changes of requirements. Consider these three extremes, if you will. So you can work exclusively on your own tasks, right? Just focus on them and forget about the rest. This implies that any emerging tasks like scope creep and getting your requirements will be ignored by you. You um, and essentially your teammates uh, having any problems will have to find someone else to solve them. You will not help them. If you do this, by the end of your sprint or, or whatever work iteration you have, your work will be done. Your tasks will be closed, but the entire project could be on fire and you're just showing that You don't really care about that. Granted, you might be thinking, I'm doing my part, but you know, you're not, you're exclusively doing your part. And as we're gonna touch in a minute, that might not be ideal. You can also focus on helping, uh, you can also exclusively focus on helping your teammates, essentially. Uh, But this may cause you to, you know, be delayed on your own tasks. You know, potentially even not being able to um, deliver them on time, closing your tasks by the end of the sprint, as I previously mentioned. You're extremely helpful up to the point where maybe even some teammates start to depend on you constantly. This might feel great at one point, but uh, because you're becoming the go-to person on your team, which is in some situations a great place to be, However, you're becoming the bottleneck for everything, essentially. If people go, has to go through you or has to ask you questions um, or ask for your help on everything they do, what are they going to do the minute you're not there? Either because you're sick or because you're taking vacations. You know, uh, being the only go-to person, being uh, that much needed within your team is never, is never a good thing. You know, uh, it might feel great for you, but um, it's not ideal. And from a team organization point of view, um, your managers might not like that uh, either. Um, again, because then everything depends on a single 
person, you know, and what happens when that person is not available. And finally, the other uh, extreme will be constantly jumping between emerging tasks, essentially, uh, uh, just forgetting about your current task, forgetting about what has been assigned to you for the uh, current work iteration, and just just helping solve any emerging problem that might happen. Again, from the uh, helpful perspective, that's great. You're helping everyone. You're solving problems. Um, you're just making sure nothing grows to the point that you know becomes a fire in your project. But you know you're just ignoring your tasks. Essentially, it's kind of like the previous point. Um, there are usually one or two developers who know the system that you're working on end to end to the point that. Uh, they can spend their time, entire time, working on these emerging tasks. Um, but they, they, in consequence, have very little time to work on any anything else, any, any big feature, essentially. So as I mentioned uh, before, the, none of these extremes is great, uh, neither for you as a developer or, uh, you know, in the eyes of your manager, if you will. So the ideal place where you want to go, where you want to be, is kind of the you know around the middle, obviously, uh, always having and, and finding the best balance between all these three extremes is not possible. You know, you're not a machine, but um, you have to keep that in mind. You have to remember uh, where you are, what's around you, uh, what's happening with the project, and try to lend hand whenever um, it makes sense. Always prioritize. Um, the work that has to be done with the, within the current um, iteration, work iteration. And, you know, try to be helpful, but not to the point where you become a, the bottleneck. If there is knowledge that you share, that you have, that others are constantly seeking, then try to share it. Try to write it down, create a common wiki, a common documentation place where others can find that knowledge without you. That will show your manager or, you know, your team, actually, that you actually care about the project, that you actually care about the team itself and not really about you and how you feel being needed by everyone. So that's that's kind of the first advice. Now, the second non-coding skill uh, that I think is very relevant, it's been relevant for years now, but it's becoming more and more relevant as remote work uh, becomes the norm in many companies is to understand how to work with remote teammates and teams, essentially. This might be obvious to you if you've been in both situations. If you've been having to go to the office for years and now suddenly for a few years you've been working with remote teams, you might have noticed the difference. But there is a difference. Uh, if you're new and if you're having to maybe go to the office a few days a week and then be remote the rest of the week, you might not see it at first, but there is a there is a difference on how you treat your teammates or how you communicate with them when you're remote. And I think it's really important and relevant to understand that difference. Some tips I can give you are whenever you're having a conversation with someone, a video call, essentially, make sure you put on uh, the... You, Make sure you open the camera. Now, I know this might be awkward to some people, especially if you're new to a, uh, within the team or you know if you're not that social. It might it might be difficult for you to start showing your face to your teams. But uh, consider that when you're having a remote 
conversation with someone only through audio, you're losing the body language part, which it's a huge percentage of how humans communicate. So you're already limiting your capacity uh, to communicate and you know, you're also your capacity to understand or their capacity to understand the message that you're trying to relay. When you're communicating with someone face-to-face, um, there is a lot more that goes uh, between the lines than the actual words that you speak. And that has to happen when uh, we're remote as well. And the, other w the only way to achieve this is through opening your camera and uh, through showing your face and your expressions as well. Uh, you know, just make sure that you show yourself, not show a, an image or a virtual avatar, which is also something that can be done uh, and might transmit some of that, uh, of those expressions of that body language, but it's just not the same. Just try to be yourself. It might feel awkward at first, but you eventually bridge the gap and it will become second nature. Just keep doing it and think about the others uh, on the other side of the call they also need to understand what you're trying to say. Now, uh, when it comes to written communication with remote work, uh, with remote colleagues, there are two, essentially, two ways of doing this. You're either having a long form, essentially, uh, an asynchronous conversation with someone. These are usually emails. And why am, why am I touching on this? Uh, a lot of people can think of emails as a text message alternative to chat, essentially. Or in other words, it's easy to think you can use the same communication standards in both. But it's not true. This is not true. Uh, email requires a bit more attention to detail because the person reading it has no way of reading between the lines, essentially. You're sending a big chunk of text, usually, through email. And again, you're no longer seeing the face or the body language of the other person. You have to interpret. You're not, you're not even hearing their tone whenever you, they, they, they are speaking the words. So the, it's very easy to misinterpret a poorly written email. Just think about the following example. Hey, Sean, what's up? Can you send me the report I asked for last week? So... It's just two lines, you know, just asking what's up and then uh, asking for a report that I asked for last week. But the way I wrote it, you know, maybe you, you're not maybe you're not hearing it because I'm reading it as I intended it. Let's put it that way. You know, I'm simply asking for a favor uh, because um, I asked for this last week. However, Sean can read it. Um, can you send me that report I asked for last week? And that change in intonation um, is something that I can't control. You know, I can't really say, uh, tell how Sean will read my email. And that second interpretation, it's kind of, uh, you know, making more emphasis in the fact that I asked for something since la last week and I haven't received it yet. So instead of, you know, just keeping an email short and sweet, and potentially being misinterpreted, I could have said something like, did you have a chance to finish that report we talked about last week? So see how I changed a few words. Now I'm asking if they had a chance to do it because I'm assuming they also have other things to work on. Uh, and I'm not saying that I asked for something and I'm not getting it. 
I'm now suddenly changing it into, we talked about this last week. So um, it was a conversation between Sean and me. And um, it's not something I asked for. It's something that, uh, you know, we discussed and that he had to do. Now, it's a very silly example. Uh, but by me spending five minutes on this simple email, I removed the possibility of him misinterpreting my email. So this is something that when you're writing an email, when you're sending a lot of information, uh, long text at least, you have to do, you have to, you know, um, consider that because you're not able to quickly respond to potential misunderstanding if the other person doesn't read your message as you as you intended it because you're not there anymore. Now, when you're talking about short form, you know, immediately answer conversations, when we're talking about chat. Now, this is different because we are there, even though we're not showing... Um, body language, even though we're not transmitting the tone of our voice, we are there to fix whatever, you know, problem in our message was the second before. So I, I like to think about this type of communication, this type of conversation, essentially, um, as the remote version of turning around and saying something to your colleague, you know, sitting next to you. However, uh, Instead of, you know, before the e with the email, I try to say just try don't try to make it short. Instead, try to make it clear. Now, I'm trying to say uh, this is a chat conversation. So if you were to be in the same room with this person, you wouldn't turn around and you wouldn't spend 10 minutes explaining what you need from this colleague. You would just try to be as concise as possible and get to the point so that um, you're not wasting their time because this is, you know, they're giving you their full attention at the moment where, where you say, hey, Kate, can you do this for me? So if you're writing a chat message, keep those same standards as well. Try to be as concise as possible, but try to also remember that um, they might be working on something else. And since this is not a live conversation, this is not an in-person conversation, they might take a minute to respond, to get back to you. So again, something like, hey, Kate, I sent you over an email. Please take a look at it when you have a minute. You know, it's not the same as, hey, Kate, just, just send you an email. Uh, let me know what you think right now because I need your opinion. It's not the same. And Kate might be working on something. Kate might be, Kate might need a couple of minutes before getting back to you. You have to remember that. You have to accommodate for that in your conversation. Um, your teammates, uh, you know, again, your teammate might be busy doing something else. So um, take that into consideration. Remote communication in the end with developers can, can sometimes be a problem since the IT industry in general doesn't um, require you to be very social, you know, at least not at an entry level. So this is why developing communication skills, even in remote environments, can set you apart uh, from the rest. And finally, the other point, the other uh, tip I wanted to cover is related to the previous one, but, specific, but specifically about video calls. So I call it uh, video call etiquette essentially. 
again, uh, you know, being on video calls is becoming more and more common and making sure that you understand the minimum standards that you have to cover whenever you are being part of a, of a remote call with other people is crucial for you to uh, be considered like a good teammate and uh, a good communicator, which is, again, something really useful and very relevant when you're in uh, part of a remote team. Uh, so the first tip within this is, will be to make sure that you're on time. Uh, personally, I like to think that um, you're on time if you're five minutes early, but that, that, that might be just me. The point here is that when the meetings start, you need to be there. Either five minutes, three minutes, or just right on time. But if you're arriving two, three, five minutes after the minute started, then you're either wasting everyone's time or just you know, missing information that might have been useful for you. So just make sure that you're on time. Um, that's just considered with everyone. The other thing is uh, to remember to mute yourself when you're not speaking. This sounds like a basic thing, but you would be surprised. The amount of time I heard someone having a conversation with a teammate or with their wives, you know, whenever they're home um, joining the call because they forgot to, uh, because they forgot to mute themselves whenever they weren't speaking. You know, even if you're not speaking, even if you're not, you know, you're paying attention, things like, you know, your phone ringing or your dog barking in the background, they might just be distracting or even interrupt the, the speaker at the time. So just remember, just mute yourself and by default and just unmute yourself whenever you're actually going to speak. Now, uh, again, uh, this I already covered this, but make sure you enable the camera whenever it makes sense. You know, there are situations in which they don't make sense, you know, like in a huge group where everyone's just listening to uh, a speaker. If you're not going to interact with the speaker or with the teammates, then sure, don't uh, enable the camera. It probably doesn't make sense unless the speaker wants everyone uh, wants to see everyone's faces. But if you're going to be part of the video call, if you're going to interact with you know everyone in there, then having your camera on will show everyone else you're present in the minute, in the moment. Your uh, and it will also help with your communication skills because it will also transmit your body language, as I already mentioned. And finally, uh, just don't interrupt the speaker. You know, uh, even if you're actually having something relevant to say, maybe they're wrong, maybe they're wrong, you want to interrupt them and correct them, maybe you have relevant information that you want to add on top of what they're saying, you know, it's a lot easier to just raise your hand when you're in, in person and get seen so you can actually contribute to the conversation that way, but usually video call software like Zoom and others, they allow you to somehow, call, you know, get the attention of the speaker. Maybe uh, some of them have your raise your hand feature, which just click and and your, and the other person will see that you're actually raising your hand and you want to, to have the mic for a second. Um, and if there are no features like they just like this, just try to use the uh, chat feature, try to maybe raise your hand, you know, physically and, and enable uh, your video your video camera so that people can see you. The point here is 
just don't be rude don't interrupt whoever is speaking and make sure that you only speak whenever whenever they give you the the place to do it that way everyone gets to listen to each other <clears throat> really understanding how to behave in a video meeting is just as important as behaving correctly in a physical one uh, and you have to remember that just because this is a, a remote meeting a video call it doesn't mean it's less important it doesn't mean it's less relevant um, so showing proper etiquette means you respect the time and the presence of everyone else involved just you know the minimum thing that you can do and that's it for today that's it for this episode um, those were three non-coding skills to set you apart as a developer so remember um, learn you know how to manage your time and the priorities that you're given. Learn to be flexible in you know that space that you're moving, but keep uh, try to be centered and try to never forget about your own tasks as well. Understand how to work with remote teams and teammates. Uh, remember that just because uh, they're remote, it doesn't mean they, they're not there or it doesn't mean that they are there for you all the time. So keep that in mind, keep that in mind that there might be uh, time zone differences where communication means having to be asynchronous and that's it. And finally, uh, whenever you're joining a video call, just remember the basic etiquette for the video call for that meeting and remember that uh, you have to respect everyone's time and uh, presence there uh, because this is just as relevant um, as a physical meeting. And that's it. I uh, hope that you know, you found something interesting in this episode. And if you haven't yet, subscribe. Um, remember that you can find these episodes everywhere where ep uh, podcast episodes can be found. And on YouTube, you can also find the scripting then uh, channel where you can subscribe and get the video versions of these episodes. Especially relevant if you want to see my face and my uh, guest's face on the uh, on the interview episodes and that's it thank you for listening and i'll catch you on the next one and that was it for this episode thank you so much for listening and don't forget to rate the podcast in your favorite podcasting app so that it can reach more developers in the meantime if you'd like to follow me on twitter or x as people call it just look for me at deleteman123 and that's it thank you and catch you on the next one